Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Stephen Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I wanted to start with that this morning because uh, it goes so well along with the topic I want to share with you. And um, uh, this last three months has really been an interesting three months for the concert and all the things that we've gone through. And if it's possible, I have less hair than I had when we first started. But on Friday night, when it finally came to pass and Phillips Craig and Dean came up on stage and all the dust settled, um, there was such a spirit of, of the pre- or presence of God there that God really, really talked to me about some things. And so tonight, or this morning, I should say, I want to talk to you on the topic, the greater good. I don't know if you've ever heard that terminology before, have you? The greater good. Well, what it really means is you're not number one. And that uh, God looks at things in a way that oftentimes we don't look at. And I want to start by reading from Hebrews, the 11th chapter, uh, verse 23. You know, Moses was born into this world for a purpose. In a, in a type, he was actually a type of Messiah. He came to redeem people that were bound by slavery, lost to sin, in a sense. And he had a mission. But it wasn't all about Moses, even though Moses was the one that God had chosen. It was about the million people that lived in in the confines of Pharaoh's grasp of slavery. And when I read verse 23, it says, by faith, when he, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. I don't know what that means. I can't imagine a parent saying, well, we're going to save you because you look like you're a proper child. Well, I don't know what a proper child is, but they must have felt something in the birth or in the mission of his birth. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. The king's commandment was to kill all the male children. They weren't afraid because there was something about this child. Lord Jesus, in the next few minutes that we have together, I pray that you would talk to us, share with us the things that are on your heart. Open up our understanding, Lord Jesus. Help us to see things through your eyes. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but Pharaoh was uh, not the kindest person in the world. It says they weren't afraid of the king's commandment. And by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. 
esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. Now, I don't know if you've ever really looked at that verse, but if you look at it again, what, there's a value system on it. It's saying in the beginning of the verse that the reproach of Christ was more valuable than the riches of Egypt. In other words, the reproach or my life for Christ, my identity with him and his mission on earth, if I'm comparing myself to Moses, is of greater value than anything that the world has to offer me if I apply that to myself. And the reason that statement is made because he has respect under the recompense of the reward. In other words, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Of course, we sing that song. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. But for a Christian, my mission is not predicated on the reward that I receive during the mission. My reward is doing the service of my commander and receiving recompense after the battle is over. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seen him who is invisible. Again, let me remind you, Moses has never even heard from God in, up to this point. When he forsook Egypt, there's no reference to God ever speaking to Moses. He totally walked by faith through the instruction of his parents. Um, it changed him into a man that did not need to see nor feel to do what was right. Think about that. He didn't need to see anything. He didn't need to hear anything. He didn't need to feel anything. He just did what was right. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood lest he be destroyed, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, the same to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and Jephthah, David also, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, and wrought righteousness, and obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens." And if we stop there, that would really be a really positive place to stop. But I want to introduce you to a family uh, that's a cousin to these people that we're reading about. And it's called the Others. It's the Others. That's the family name, Others. Notice in verse 35, it mentions that family. Women receive their dead, raised to life again, and others... The other family were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And then it mentions that family again in verse 37, or verse 36, and others 
had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. Do you see the direct contrast between the victorious and those that were actually going through the flames of, of tribulation? That's the other family. And I want to tell you tonight, sometimes I feel like I've got direct kinship with both. Sometimes I sing praise the Lord, hallelujah, and hallelujah, I praise his name, but sometimes I feel like I'm related to the others. You know, that's, that's my kin. They were stoned, verse 37. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They, so much different than the ones we just read about. They wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't know whether I'd want to claim them as kin. The other's family. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith. Now, this is a summination. Paul is summing up the two different contrasts here, okay? And I know that Phillips Craig indeed mentioned this on Friday night and it really struck a chord with me. Both those that were victorious and, and were uh, blessed and the other's family both obtained a good report through their faith. Whether they struggled or whether they were victorious, both groups received a good report because they both had faith. Faith to receive the promise. Even though it says in verse 39, they received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Well, what do you think the some better thing for us is? Does that mean that we're not going to be destitute, afflicted, tortured? Does that mean we're, not, we're still going to have victorious times, aren't we? We're going to see healings and be mighty in battle, both sides of the family. So what, is, what are the other things, better things for us? God in us, the hope of glory. The thing that separates me from those in the Old Testament is not the trials and tribulations that they faced. Not at all. We're going to face the same things, the, devil, the same devil that was alive back then, the same spirits that were fighting against God back in the Old Testament are the same spirits that are alive and remained this morning that are fighting against you. They've not changed, except maybe they're smarter than they were then, than back then. But the thing that makes me different than them is I have received power I have received identity or sonship through the blood of Jesus Christ, something better for us. I have received authority. When I go to Exodus, the ninth chapter, notice how God addresses Moses. 
Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if thou refuse to let them go, and will not will hold them still, behold, the land hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the donkeys, upon the camels, upon the oxen, upon the sheep. There shall be a very grievous moraine. And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is in the children of Israel. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel died, not one. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And it shall become dust in all the land of Egypt, and shall be a boil, a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast throughout the land of Egypt. And they took the ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled it up toward heaven, and it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boil was upon the magicians and upon the Egyptians. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. He hearkened not unto them as the Lord had spoken unto Moses. Isn't it amazing that as, as smart as the world tries to make itself out to be, as smart as our humanists and scientists and all of our intellectuals say they are, that they can't figure out even the most simple of things when it comes to the creation of God. And even though the oppression of God comes upon the face of the earth, they would rather hold to their own, own uh, abilities and knowledge than the knowledge of God, choosing not to retain the knowledge of God in their hearts, but rather driving it away. But in this plague, it touched every person physically. And I'll tell you, when it's your cow that's died, that's not as bad as when you're covered with boils. Because you can always walk out of the barn at night and just leave the carcass laying on the floor, but when you come into your room and you shut the door and you're covered with boils and you can't rest and you can't sleep and then you're in such pain, there's no way to get away from that. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart and upon thy servants and upon thy people, and that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I will stretch out my hand that I might smite thee, smite thee and thy people with pestilence, thou shalt be cut off from the earth. Now notice this verse, verse 16. Moses, do you know why you're here? And in very deed, for this cause have I raised thee up, for to show in thee my power, that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. There's actually two people that God has raised up. 
One is Moses. God's going to declare his power through Moses. But he's also going to declare his power through Pharaoh. Through Pharaoh's disobedience and the Pharaoh's hardened heart and his lack of acknowledgement of God's direction, God is showing the world through Egypt that he is sovereign. That it's not the gods of Egypt, not the gods of the Nile or, or the, the things that they worship, but he's actually using not only Moses for his cause, but he's using Pharaoh as well. When I look at John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I, I see that in the very beginning of, of the scripture itself, God had declared a mission for Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. In other words, there was a cause. And Christ came to fulfill the cause. Now, I, I have to tell you that Jesus was very much like you and us in a sense because he was human and he was divine. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. Jesus said that, they, that day you shall know that I am in the Father, ye in me, and I in you. So I, I have the Spirit of God if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. I've got the same Spirit that was in the body of Christ in me that was in Christ, of course, he had it without measure, that I can do the things that he did, but I need to understand that Jesus was blessed in the sense that he healed. He healed lepers, he healed the sick, the lame, the deaf, but then there were others that did not receive their healing right away. And I, I look at Jesus in, in a type too, when Jesus was at the cross, which family do you think he was related to? The others. And we're going to read some of that scripture because the mission or the cause of good for the greater good was greater than it was for just him personally. And that's the point I want to drive home this morning. Sometimes when you look in the mirror, you only see one person. But when God looks down at the earth, he sees everyone. And sometimes he allows us to demonstrate his power by allowing us to suffer affliction just like he did. I remember um, watching that, the movie of his crucifixion and how the, the, the beating was so torturous and the cross was so heavy and the pain was so great. And I kept telling myself it would have been so easy for him to lose his temper and to stop it all and to say enough is enough. But there was something that was inside of him that was saying the cause for the greater good is better than my own comfort. John 12, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. 
He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall also my servants be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Notice what he's talking. He's making a statement. I'm very troubled, he says. I know exactly what's going to happen. I see the Romans taking me prisoner. I see the mockings. I see the rejection. I see those that that I've ministered to standing in a crowd, those that I've healed mocking me and calling for my death. And what should I do? Should I say, Lord, save me from this hour? Would you? Probably. If I could have saw what was coming up the line, I'd have probably said, Lord, please spare me. But he goes on to say, but for this hour, but for this cause, came I unto this hour. How do I know that the things that I am experiencing or the things that you're experiencing are not being brought to pass for the cause of the hour. This is the church's day. This is the last hour. The chime is just about ready to ring midnight. For this hour have we been brought forth. It's not about us. It's about the greater good. And then in verse 28, Father, glorify thy name. Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. I find that Jesus repeats this verse when he's standing before Pilate because Pilate's scratching his head and he's trying to allow Jesus to find a way around what he sees as a a torturous death. But Jesus will not work with Pilate because Jesus is not looking for compromise. He's looking for redemption. He's looking to reach out for a greater good, for a greater cause. And see, that's where me and him differ sometimes. I'm looking for a way to get around the pit. I'm looking for a way to get over it. Pilate, in verse 37 of chapter 18 of John, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into this world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And I have, to, I have to go back and look at the reason for my existence. Why am I here? Why was I born? Why does God allow me to keep walking on the face of the earth? Because my life affects many lives that are around me. I was, I have to share something. We, at the concert on Friday, um, 
I, I had some visitors come. Matter of fact, a really close friend, Cindy, the one that donated the truck for our food pantry was there. And she was, I wasn't thinking, she was sitting just almost a couple seats away from me. And it was her first time ever in a Pentecostal church. And uh, she had brought a friend. And I, when the music started, I, it was sort of like the presence of God in me just met up real quick. And I started to weep, and to, not in a sad way, but in a, in a cleansing, happy way. And I mean, the tongues just came out, and it was presence of God, like, oh, Lord, it's like, here we are, and it's really moving. And after I, after I had my little hoedown there, and it felt wonderful, by the way, I thought, oh, Cindy's right behind me. <laughs> I wonder what she thought. I wonder what she's experiencing. But you know what? It's good. It's good for them to see that we have a relationship and a connection with a power that helps us through our difficulties. Now, she's aware that the last four months or five months have been very difficult for me health-wise. And I just don't know how my walk for God is going to affect someone that I work with. You know, I, I'd, I'd, like to be, I'd like to be like the person that gets delivered from a situation and never has to face it. But sometimes I'm the Daniel, I have to spend the night in the lion's den. Now the lions never bit David or Daniel, but he had to endure the night. I'm sure he was concerned a little bit about the heavy breathing over in the corner. And, and sometimes God delivers us uh, from a situation and we never have to deal with it. Somebody comes up to the altar and praise God, they're healed. They're delivered from it. But then there's another part of the family that goes through the situation. Like Daniel, he had to go through the night. Why? Because God was going to receive glory either way. He receives glory in instantaneous healing. He receives glory from those that go through the night and endure the problem. And then there's another category it's those that are delivered in their situation. From, through, in. What's the in situation? Remember the three Hebrew children? I don't know. I have this vivid imagination. I really do. And I'm, I always figure out, first of all, my question is, why were only three people not standing and not bowing? Why were there only three of all? Where was Daniel? I didn't know where Daniel was that day. I don't know why he wasn't with the three Hebrew children, but there's probably a reason. But these three Hebrew children, they stand fast on their integrity in the word of God. They're brought to Nebuchadnezzar and they refuse to bow. And of course, they're thrown into the fiery furnace. But I can imagine the trip there as they're walking and they're seeing the smoke rise. Well, guys, you ready? Feel good about this? 
But God brought them into the flames. He allowed them to be thrown into the furnace. Not from it, but he delivered them in the fire. Matter of fact, while they were in the fire, the Bible says they were walking around chatting. It was, like, it was just like they were on the outside of the furnace. But in either of these scenarios that we've looked at, God always worked for the greater good. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar, when they came out of the furnace, look how many people were affected. Nebuchadnezzar made this decree that, that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that was the God. He was the God that had power. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have kept their silence like so many other Hebrews, it would, there would have not been any benefit for the greater good. And see, this morning as I, I wrap this up, remember, it's not just about my life or your life. It's not about whether you have enough money to pay your mortgage this month or, or whether you're, you're enduring some physical affliction or, or whether it's your job or whatever, it's, whatever it is. God knows everything about your life. And he allows you to go through the things that you experience, not only for your good, but for the greater good of those that are watching the experience. We just never know. We just never know who we're going to affect. And um, this morning, that's why I have learned to do this. I give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God concerning me. Whether I have to go through it, or in it. What's the third one? From it. There we are. You were listening. Great. All in all, God receives the glory. And uh, I told somebody I'm going to make a plaque. This is my new, new model. I should put it on my wall. Live every day as though it were your last, but plan on living forever. And my last one, and you've heard me say it again, and I'll close with this. The will of God will never take you to a place where the grace of God cannot keep you. Thank you so much for being patient and allowing me to share my thoughts with you this morning. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.